Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We spoke today to Trey Vassa, CEO of Ely Gold Royalty, a CSXB gold uh, royalty company. Um, we talked to him about what they've been up to since we spoke uh, earlier this year. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also get company reports on there, commentary from market experts from all around the world on a variety of commodities. There are training videos and summaries of other interviews that we've done, amongst other things. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors on there sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. And if you go now, there's a seven-day free trial. Trey, how are you doing, sir? Good, how are you? A long time, long time. A lot's happened since I last saw you. Uh, it was pre-COVID uh, the last time we spoke. Uh, so sometime, uh, uh, sometime mid-March. Yeah it, yeah, it was actually, but do you know what? i tell you what it was. We had a market reset, okay? A lot of the stocks kind of came away, uh, there was pre-COVID, and we thought, well, that's gonna be the worst thing that's gonna happen this year. That didn't work out. <laughs> that didn't work out so much, except for guys like you, and we're gonna talk about that because gold's been on a heck of a run, your share price has been on a heck of a run too. But if I remind you, when we spoke in March, your shares were at 59 cents, you're up around 136 today, so, not bad. You happy? Uh, yeah, we're happy. Uh, you know, we uh, we have been very successful this year in making some some key acqui- royalty acquisitions, and uh, I, that that's really been what's propelling uh, the share price. Yeah. Well, look, before we kind of get into what you've been up to since we last spoke, why don't we set the scene for people new to this story um, and give us that one minute overview of what you are about. So Ely Gold Royalties is a junior royalty company. Uh, We have a jurisdictional focus in Nevada, primarily, uh, secondarily in uh, Canada. Uh, And uh, we focus on gold, precious metal royalties, at this point, almost entirely gold. So uh, by owning royalties uh, that we have either purchased or generated through our property generation uh, program, uh, we've built, uh, built quite a portfolio and, and the market is really starting to, to uh, pay attention to. Yeah, it really is. And so, and again, just for people new to this story, just give us the humble beginnings. You kind of started with um, a kind of database of, of properties and you kind of you built it up from there. But so how did you come into that? Why did you go Nevada? And how did you, you know, start off with all of this, all of this information? Well, our background is Nevada, uh, where we did developed a project uh, with a partner and uh, sold it in 2015. And uh, <clears throat> we then teamed up with Jerry Bachman, who's the head of our Nevada royalty subsidiary, who has been prospecting, selling properties and, and retaining royalties and, uh, for, for over 35 years. Uh, and uh, so with Jerry's database, and then in 2017, we purchased uh, Bill Sheriff's uh, portfolio and his database. Uh, so we've, uh, we've got a long history of staking and acquiring and consolidating property packages in Nevada, selling those and retaining royalty. Now, in about 12 to 18 months ago, 
we started also purchasing royalties uh, because we, as this, as, as our stock moved up, we had access to more capital and we got Eric Sprott involved who helped us uh, uh, with a line of credit, allowing us to go out and purchase some royalties on some of Nevada's largest gold mines. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in that because, again, I remember when we first spoke, it was August uh, 2019, you were doing deals, one, two million bucks. And then when we spoke in March, you were quite pleased with yourself because you said, well, we can now start thinking about doing deals, five, 10 million bucks. Uh, you know, so moving moving up the food chain, as it were. So where are you at today? Well, you know, today we're about a $200 million market cap. Uh, we are focused on deals, uh, that uh, uh, really uh, we, we use a, a discipline, if you will, of maximizing deals at about 10, 10% of our market cap. So we're looking at transactions up as large as $20 million, uh, but uh, we're still not afraid to go out and purchase royalties, you know, in that uh, million and even sub-million dollar range that we think have uh, tremendous long-term value. Okay, and again, we talked about that in the past. You say, "Well, we're going after near-term revenue uh, generating royalties." That's 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 what's unique about us. You said that. So, given what you've just said, you're not necessarily um, focused on moving up the food chain in terms of the size of the deals, although you, you, you can. You, it looks like a kind of blended approach: to the size of the transactions. Are you taking the same approach to you know whether they be near-term or slightly further away? Well. Because we have the royalty generation program, uh, which has allowed us to build up a portfolio of, uh, oh, we have almost 40 uh, properties in our exploration portfolio, most of which were generated through property sales. Uh, and uh, on top of that, we have 26 properties in our uh, development asset portfolio. And many of those were generated and, and some were purchased. But in the development port assets, uh, the criteria there is those those properties have to be at or near producing mines or uh, or projects that are in the permitting process for uh, for building a mine. Uh, so that really allows us to cover that exploration and development stage assets with our royalty generation model, where we are actually getting paid through the property sales and retaining the royalty. That allows us then to focus our uh, shareholder capital and our uh, royalty acquisition uh, program on assets that are at or near production. So in the last 12 to 18 months, we've purchased royalties, uh, which would be make up our 11 key assets, which are uh, nine of those are at mines that are currently producing. So we're just waiting for our properties to come online and uh, start generating revenue. Three of those royalties are already producing. Uh, 10 of the 11 are operated by uh, uh, companies that are, uh, that are uh, already operating mines in the jurisdiction. And that portfolio, as I said before, it's, it's on some of Nevada's largest gold mines and operated by some of the best operators in the in the gold mining business. Okay, so how much cash are you actually generating today? R regular cash? 
Oh, uh, cash generation for us. I, I mean, if it, on a revenue from a revenue standpoint, we'll do about two and a half million dollars in revenue this year. Uh, that should grow to about five million next year, uh, and uh, expanding to uh, uh, then seven and, and out to uh, ten. Uh, and by 2025, growing to over $20 million. Okay, let's, let's, let's look at some of the numbers here because I, I think, I think it's, I'm, I'm interested in the kind of rapid ascent and he, he dropped off. He went up to like nearly two bucks at one point or maybe he did get to two bucks at one point and then dropped off. You're back down at sort of like 136, 35, 36 at the moment. I mean, what do you put that down to? Well, look, our, our stock has been the best performing royalty company in the entire royalty universe over the last 12 months uh, by a wide margin. Uh, <clears throat> we are actually kind of happy to see this consolidation and the, uh, the stock price uh, pull back a little bit, uh, allowing investors to get in. But the only thing that's really moved faster than our stock price has been the net asset value of the properties we've been able to acquire. Uh, so we, uh, you know, at, at a $200 million market cap, we are trading at about one times our net asset value. Uh, our competitors are trading at over two times their net asset, the net asset value. And yet when you compare our royalty portfolio uh, on, a, on a net asset value basis to the other companies and you look at the quality of our portfolio, the quality of the, uh, the mines that are uh, already built and operating and uh, the operators that are uh, <clears throat> producing at those mines, uh, our portfolio, uh, you know, will literally put it up against anyone's. Okay. Do you feel that you were well-priced or overpriced at two bucks? Is that why it's come off? Or do you think there's something more more at play? Well, look, like you said, in March, we were at 60 cents. Uh, by May, we'd moved up to about 80 cents and we did a private placement there where we brought in uh, some new institutional shareholders and uh, did, did uh, you know, a, a roadshow type, a virtual roadshow anyway, uh, pitching the, our story to uh, these different institutional investors. And that really paid off uh, before that uh, uh, that financing closed. And we raised uh, almost, uh, well, over $17 million from that offering. Uh, and before it closed, uh, it, the stock had run up to, to, to $2. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when you've just done uh, sold uh, 10 million shares at 80 cents uh, and the stock moves to $2, uh, you're going to see some profit taking in there. So, yeah, we're, we're happy to see that stock be being absorbed, uh, the, some profit taking. We're happy to see our shareholders taking profits in the stock and new shareholders coming in or at this point shareholders that that sold at higher prices coming back into the stock so it's a natural process and and uh uh you know it's we're not unlike the rest of the group uh and, and gold stocks in general that have been seeing a pullback as gold is pulled back keep in mind that uh, when our stock ran up gold also ran up to almost twenty one hundred dollars 
uh, it's since uh, pulled back to 1900 and, and it doesn't really even appear that gold's necessarily finished its correction in here. But we think gold prices go higher and, and when gold prices turn again, we think our stock is now poised to, uh, to follow along just like I did in, uh, in May and June. Okay. I, I, I want to get onto some of the deals that you've been doing because you've, you've been doing some, some nice deals. Um, but I want to stick with the, with the number side of things for a bit. You're on the uh, TSXB and the OTC and you're in France as well, it looks like. Um, what are the plans for the NYSE? Because you're at that, you're starting to become of a size which is interesting to generalist funds in the US. Um, but you need to have certain, you need to meet certain criteria and certain thresholds in terms of market cap, in terms of share price, et cetera. So what are the levers that you're hoping to be able to pull there? And in fact, is the NYSE an option for you? Well, uh, in the growth of the company, uh, certainly the NYSE is, a, is an option. It really expands the uh, shareholder base, especially in the US, uh, where we're starting to, you know, seeing a lot of attention and uh, well, of course, we are, um, for, for the most part, well, a Canadian company uh, and our primary listing is in Canada. Uh, most of our assets are in the US. So, you know, with the TSXB, we also graduated this year from the OTC uh, QB to the OTC QX. So we're on the, uh, the, the premier OTC uh, uh, exchange and not really exchange, it's a listing. And uh, and then, so as far as graduating to the NYSE, uh, you know, there's certain requirements that we'll have to meet and we're working on those now. The first is, you know, we have to file our annual information form and, and then a prospectus, uh, which will allow us to do prospectus offerings and open us up to the possibility of, of, uh, of an exchange listing. now. It, at our current price, that would require a, a reverse of the stock, uh, something that uh, you know, would require shareholder approval. Uh, so we, you know, we we think that that is in the cards for us probably next year. Uh, we could possibly do it without the reverse split if the if the stock price were to increase, uh, but. Uh, but it's, uh, some of our competitors have done this and, and we think it's, it's a nat natural evolution, but we are also a slow and steady kind of company. You know, we're more conservative uh, in the way we invest our money and in, in the royalties that we invest in uh, and the, the prices we're willing to pay for, for royalties. And I think that carries over to, uh, you know, our, our listing and moving to uh, big, bigger exchanges, uh, it, it will come, but we're not uh, we're not in a big hurry here today. Okay, given this being a kind of rapid ascent, how's the how's the headspace? How's the mentality around keeping things tight? You always said to me, both sets of interviews said to me, we we are cautious with our money. We don't spend a lot. Our GNA is famously low. So, is that changing or unraveling any? <laughs> unraveling yeah uh look this year we have uh when the when the stock really started in uh in in uh late 2019 uh when our stock really started to uh to to take off and we started making some key acquisitions the beginning of this year 
we really needed to get out and tell the story. So we've tried a lot of things on the promotional side that has inflated our uh, GNA, let's say. I mean, not, not too much has changed on at the corporate level. Uh, we have add a, added a few strategic advisors that, uh, uh, that we pay on a part-time basis for, for helping us with some of the Canadian and, and, and looking at uh, uh, other, possibly expanding into other jurisdictions. But, uh, but for the most part, we're keeping the GNA down. We're not adding a lot of headcount there, but we have spent a lot of money uh, in stock promotion, if you will, uh, you know, doing more things to get the word out, to get our story out. Uh, and we've tried a lot of things uh, that uh, going into next year, we kind of know now what works and what doesn't. And so we'll be back on our, uh, I think, in, in, a, in a, a more conservative mode on the, on the GNA, especially from the promotion side uh, going into next year. Okay. Here's a question sent in. You ready for this? What's what's Trey's uh, beef with Rick Rule? My beef with Rick Rule? It says here, black and white. Oh, the question? Uh, <laughs> no, I really don't have a, a beef with Rick Rule. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he, uh, I, I think I was posed a question here recently about Rick speaking about our high GNA and kind of listing us as an average uh uh, in the way that he rates companies. And I find it uh, a bit ironic that uh, Rick invested in our company at 11 cents a share uh, uh, on about the 1st of January uh, 2019. It was actually December 31st of 2018. Um, he sold uh, quite a bit of stock at 40 cents on the way up. And not sure if he has any stock left today or not, but uh, you know, uh, a, a stock that was a legitimate uh, with his warrants about a 15 bagger for him. I think probably the best performing stock in his portfolio, uh, or it's certainly one of them. And the fact that then he'd come up with a you know a five middle of the road rating for us, uh, you know, I, I I think it's a bit unfair. Uh, uh, and, and that you would you would think he'd at least give us kudos for uh, for for uh, being a, a, a high ranking stock in his portfolio, uh, regardless of GNA. Okay, it's just a number. You're master of your own destiny, Trey, and I think your share price doesn't lie. Um, okay, can we can we start talking about some of the um, projects that you you've been focused on and some of the royalties that you've been picking up because obviously we get the whole Nevada focus thing and I think what we've seen is that some very average companies before the the gold price uh, started you know picking up and sort of hitting their heights um, are getting recognition perhaps that perhaps they wouldn't have before. Do you feel that you are this cautious nature of yours is going to allow you to you know stick to what's important stick to the fundamentals or are you going to take advantage of the frothy market at the moment i mean how, how does how does it change your the way you go about valuing something i guess is what i'm asking well look the frothy market uh, uh you know it did affect us i i have to i have to say uh when the gold stock uh, or the gold price ran up 
Uh, we had some people, some transactions we were working on that the people moved away from the table and said, geez, Bank of America says gold's going to 3000 We think you should pay us more money. And we said, no. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I probably one of those I wished I'd said yes and one that I'm glad we said no. But with gold now pulling back, uh, uh, you know, those, those people are coming back to the table. And uh, look, I, I, there's a lot more competition now. I think more so than the gold price, what is really affecting the royalty market is uh, there's a plethora of new companies popping up. I like to say it's, uh, they're like kind of like whack-a-moles. Uh, and uh, they, you know, so, so we're seeing the space be more competitive. And for us, you know, we, we don't, we haven't, we haven't experienced too much of it yet, but uh, you know, we are seeing people, uh, a couple of situations that we were involved in, I'm not sure we were ever going to win them, but uh, you know, in, in these, when people go out and there's actually a process, a bidding process, for these royalties, uh, you know, we, we're not going to overpay. Uh, the last time the market did that, uh, some of the shareholders of some of the royalty companies from back 2011, 2012 are still getting even. Uh, we are, are kind of restrict ourselves. I mentioned before the size of transactions we're looking at, uh, but also the valuation. In other words, uh, at today, if our if we're trading at one times our net asset value, uh, for us to go out and pay two times net asset value just to purchase a new royalty uh, is dilutive for our shareholders. And we don't think that's the right way to approach the business. Now, some of our competitors think that paying two times net asset value and maybe fudging the numbers so that they uh, they, they convince the market that, that maybe they're not paying that much, but you know, we stick to our numbers and, and, and we're, uh, we're actually pretty aggressive on, on, on rating the assets. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're just not, we're just not looking to do these, uh, dilutive transactions just for the sake of adding size and growing bigger. Uh, Okay, I, 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 okay. We're going to stick with that. I, I, stick to your knitting. I, I agree with that. We, we, when we sort of looking at when we look at royalty companies um, and how much they're paying for, we kind of get a sense of where they truly think the gold market's going to go. Because if, if I ask a gold CEO, the gold's going to the moon and, uh, and uh, in double quick time as well. Um, what's what's your take? If you don't mind, just talking about the macro momentarily. What's your take? on where gold is going to go in, the, say, the next 12 months. I think looking any further out would be probably madness. Well, look, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the beauties uh, I always tell Jerry of, of being running a gold uh, company or gold royalty company is uh, I very seldom do I make a call on the price of gold. Uh, you know, I figure that uh, if people are investing in our company, if they're interested in listening to our story, uh, they uh, want to be invested in gold. Uh, so unlike other commodities, you won't ever see us saying, geez, here's why you should own gold. Here's where gold's going. Here's how much gold you should have in your portfolio. Uh, you know, I'll let uh, everybody else, uh, 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 those people decide that. When the price of gold goes up, our shareholders are very happy. When the price of gold goes down, 
Consequently, they don't blame me. They blame Goldman Sachs or the World Gold Council or the central banks or somebody for, you know, for naked shorting or something. Uh, so it, uh, uh, it, you know, but, but having, having said that, look, we couldn't be in a better environment for gold. Uh, you have uh, Federal Reserve here, central banks around the world printing money a lot of stimulus and, and uh, uh, you know, just just uh, the amount of debt and the money supply growth has just been phenomenal. I mean, if you look back historically in the 80s and during World War II, when we saw money supply grow at 15%, uh, on, a, on, a, on an extended basis, we saw inflation over 10% and, and closer to 12. Uh, to give you an idea, the money supply right now and, and for the last, has, in the last 12 months has grown over 35%. Uh, so we're in a whole new ball game. And that is all happening in an environment where the Federal Reserve and, and central banks around the world are also keeping interest rates uh, very low. Uh, and, uh, you know, but that interest rates, of course, is one of the things that competes with gold as an investment because gold doesn't pay dividends. So, you know, you have a, a situation where we think inflation going into 2021 is going to be a front headline issue and uh, that uh, the market's going to start focusing on that rather than jobs and the, uh, and the, and the job report every month. They're going to go back to following money supply and other indicators of inflation. So you certainly are in, a, in the right environment for gold to perform. Yeah, you, I think that's definitely right. Um, <clears throat> let's come back to you. It, the, your environment has changed too in the sense that you're, 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 you're moving up this food chain You've said yourself it's a bit more competitive. You're, there's, there's tenders now where perhaps at the lower end there wasn't you know so so much attention down there, and there's a few companies coming up which are perhaps their valuations or you know expectations of the market upon them are very different from the, where they were a year ago. So it's a different environment for you guys to be competitive. So when you say we we are very tough in terms of how we value companies i mean if you if you if you're going to be able to win some of these tenders wait sorry, sorry, let me put it away. Do, do you just want to bid for the sake of bidding do you want to win these tenders for the sake of because it tells the market that you're kind of growing this kind of scope and scale of the business or is it really about the bottom line and what, what how do you tackle it well look we we feel as i said <clears throat> earlier that uh, in the junior royalty space we'll put our current portfolio up against anyone and if we really think that's such a high quality portfolio, the idea of diluting that portfolio by paying more than our current uh, price to net asset value for new assets, uh, just for the sake of growth, doesn't make sense. Uh, and we are still able to find uh, situations. Uh, we are able to purchase a uh, uh, we announced a royalty purchase this morning, not a large one, but a very exciting uh, play near our Marigold uh, property. And uh, so we think we, uh, you know, with gold pulling back here now, uh, 
the as I mentioned before, we had a couple deals that the price of gold uh, uh, running up to, to 20, almost $2,100 uh, uh, kind of pushed those deals to the side. You know, the bad news, we didn't get those deals done. The good news is we didn't get those deals done because here gold is pulling back and, you know, we're sticking to uh, to our knitting, to our valuations, to our, our, our gold price forecasts, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, not, not moving that forecast every time the price of gold ticks up. So look, we, we think that we will continue to acquire royalties. You'll see us announcing uh, things, uh, uh, deals uh, on an ongoing basis here, I think, and, and we'll continue to grow this company. Uh, and uh, along the way, we're gonna, get, we're gonna get our share of the deals based on but based more on our relationships and uh, strategic acquisitions than being participating in these processes where, you know, where every company gets to go out and, and put a bid in and then you get narrowed down to the top three and then those get to resharpen their pencils. And, you know, this environment where, uh, you know, a lot of royalty deals are being overpaid. Yeah, so, so talk to me about the two things. You've, you've obviously got Rick, uh, sorry, you've got Rick, well, you do, but you've got Eric Sprott in there as an investor. Um, and I want to talk to understand, you know, what facilities you've got available to you. You, you know, because he, you know, Eric is maybe a source of capital, but he's also, you know, he talks about connections and, and relationships there. You know, is he helping you advance your story to push your story? Because he's involved in a lot of different companies. He's, his money is spread far and wide. So what's the actual value of him to you as a management team? Well, I think that, uh, you know, having having Eric in your on your team is is invaluable. Being the only royalty company that uh, that Eric is invested in uh, certainly, uh, you know, puts us in a position where we, we, we see opportunities or, or ideas. And uh, while Eric's not really proactive in trying to put deals together for us, uh, he certainly has ideas and, and uh, him, him being invested in other companies where there might be a royalty opportunity, uh, it doesn't hurt us uh, one bit, uh, uh, the fact that, uh, that that he's involved in a, in a major shareholder in illegal royalties. You know, this, of course, Eric late, late last year gave us a line of credit that allowed us to buy and do the VEK transaction that brought in the gold strike, uh, ran and the Amerigold royalties. Uh, Eric also sold us uh, a one half percent uh, NSR on his Jarrett Canyon mine uh, that he owned personally. Uh, so, you know, I, I just can't. Uh, I, I, I just can't say enough about how invaluable it's been to have Eric uh, on our team. So, where does the, where does this thing go from now? You, you've had a great run of it since we've been talking to you. August 19, 39 cents, one thirty six today. Nice run of it. Is there much more to happen? What more can happen? Oh, I think. Look, you you see us. Uh, uh, you know, first of all, on the royalty generation side, we're uh, probably more active than we've ever been. Uh, 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 there is this with the, with the gold market and the market for expiration 
juniors to, to be able to raise money again, the demand for our properties uh, from, from exploration companies in uh, Nevada. Uh, like I said, it's, it's at an all-time high in, in demand. Uh, and then on the royalty front, we're continuing to see opportunities and, uh, you know, we'll add royalties as we see them that, uh, that fit in our, uh, in, in, and on the less expensive side, like the Marigold deal that we announced today, uh, it, uh, it, it's under a million dollar transaction. So it's, it doesn't, won't fall into our key assets right now. Uh, because it's, uh, it, but it, it, but it is a development asset and in uh, a place where SSR mining is expanding the Marigold mine, where we already have a royalty. So it just fits in our portfolio perfectly. And, and we're able to buy that at, uh, at, we think, a very attractive price. So you'll see us doing more uh, royalty transactions and, uh, and bigger royalty transactions. Uh, they just, uh, uh, you know, what, what you won't see is us overpaying for those transactions. Have you got any plans to kind of expand or you know, increase the scale of the, like the landman um, royalty generation part of the business? Or does that start to fall by the wayside as a percentage? Oh, I don't think it will ever fall by the wayside for us. Uh, you know, it's an important part of our business uh, for, for a few different reasons, but uh, that uh, longer term royalty generation model. Now, every royalty company will have, you'll look at their portfolio, you'll see that they have uh, a portfolio of exploration and, and development assets. Uh, and uh, uh, <clears throat> the difference for us is that we manage that portfolio. Uh, for them, these are just things they've inherited or purchased along the way. and. They have no idea, you know, what kind of work's being done on them, and and not proactive in in providing data and uh, and support for the exploration company doing the work. Uh, uh, you also won't see companies, uh, other companies that are out consolidating claim packages and putting old mining districts together. Good example is a deal we did this spring since since we talked last. Uh, with the Tonopah district. Uh, this is a, uh, a famous mining district in, in Nevada uh, that uh, over the years we've put done a series of transactions and that, uh, that ended with a large transaction this spring to, to buy in about 76 patented claims. We put a, 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 an excellent package together. We optioned that to BlackRock Gold for $3 million over four years and they've gone out, they've got two drill rigs turning on that right now. They've had some uh, incredible bonanza high grade results and it's turning into one of the hotter exploration stories uh, really in the marketplace today. So, uh, you know, and, and that story we, I mean, I could go down the list, but we, we repeated that time and time again and developing a portfolio of, uh, I mean, if you look at our development assets that are at or near producing mines, the key to those and to a, a lot of the properties that we generate and sell is that if they're at or near a producing mine, our properties don't have to get big enough to warrant building a mine. In most cases, the mine is already there or it's part of a project that uh, 
it, it already has a, a, a enough size to become a mine. Uh, so we may not have a royalty on the entire project, but we'll have a royalty on that, you know, has a very good chance of coming into production uh, over the next few years. And, uh, and, and, and we'll see those, uh, uh, those royalties and those properties where we are actively managing th that portfolio really bear fruit, not just be a bunch of lottery tickets uh, as a lot of companies have in their exploration uh, portfolio. No, I thought that was an interesting one. I think you saved uh, BlackRock's bacon there because I think their first project was not a uh, economic success and to uh, the Tonopers just changed their fortunes dramatically. Um, well, look, Trey, let's let's wrap it up there. Let's, let's kind of good run through, good catch up, sort of scene setter. Um, perhaps you'll come on again before Christmas and sort of let us know how, how the years ended up or um, or, you know, how things are progressing. Appreciate your time. All right, great. Look, I, I, I appreciate uh, the interview here. I think we, uh, you know, if, if anybody's interested in, in more of the story, you can go, uh, I think, on YouTube now. My most recent presentation uh, that we did, uh, our town hall meeting uh, is on there. Uh, the uh, presentation, of course, is on the website www.elegoldinc.com and so I, I, I encourage people to, to you know to, to learn the whole story here of what we're doing and and see the value in uh, in investing in our company thank you for listening if you've enjoyed the interview why not subscribe to cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com and of course our youtube channel crux investor plus you can catch us most days on twitter and linkedin we really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.